Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. From the Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports in the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. What did you learn today from your observation of practice? Well, today, there's some good news. Uh, you know, yesterday, Paul wasn't out there. Jalen Braxton, well, they were out there, but they were just observing. Uh, and today, they were back out there in green, so that's good. Jaheim Singletary running with the ones. Uh, Keon Stewart, Devon Manuel running with the twos. Takias Crawford getting some work with the twos. Still no nudie. Um, just shells and shorts today. And, um, yeah, Ladarius Bishop's not practicing again. So, um Luke has yesterday. His sling was off, so that's good. That's, I guess, some progress for him. So, um, um, and then yesterday, Cam Ball and Al Walcott, because we didn't talk yesterday, they were in uh, green no-contact jerseys yesterday. Um, so, But it does seem like Devon Manuel's getting a little bit more work. Takias Crawford uh, getting worked in there a little bit more. Both those guys obviously been banged up. Um, so, I mean, at this point, it's basically, you know, just – Who's practicing and who's who isn't? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's the whole report. <laughs> what about KJ? How's he moving around? Fine. Well, you know he had that ice pack on his knee. Yeah. When he walked into the press conference on Saturday, so. I haven't noticed anything. Okay. Uh, I guess no updates. He's already been ruled out for this Saturday, but no any new updates on Rocket? No, nothing new. I mean. We'll talk to Sam again on Wednesday. I assume it'll be, you know, the same kind of thing. Sure. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe that's we might not see Rocket again. I don't think so. No. I don't know. Just reading between the lines. So. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't look good for the remainder of the year. But uh, all right, let's talk with uh, Tony. Tony, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my call first and foremost. Uh, yes, Trey, I do have a question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. You're there at practices. You see practices, right? And my question being, do we have a heavy package on, like, a short yardage down or a fourth down and short yardage that we could use? Do we have a fullback? Do we have somebody that could do the push-push if we had to on short yardage? They've done the there's going to be a time that we need to yeah, they, do something. In there was that a time effect. against Ole Miss, and they ran it. Yeah. It was on third down, and, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. Third yeah. one. Third mm-hmm. one. Right. It and wasn't also, something that they had early in the year. They did implement it. They also have a package where they run a dead tee where Dominic Johnson would be the fullback. Okay. And then my second question being, uh, in the future, I hate to look to the future because we still got this year going on, and I, I'm not one to jump off uh, midseason. But is there any in-state offensive linemen that could help the Razorbacks next year? And are we recruiting them? And also, even out of state, do we see yeah. any projected players coming in? And, and I'll just hang up and listen. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, well, a different era now, so you don't really rely as much. I mean, it happens. Usually they're, you know, a five-star or something, which five-star, difference in a five-star and a four-star, a lot of times are five-stars physically ready to go right now, you know. Um, Alabama's got a guy like that. Of course, he he had his struggles with Landon Jackson, but – 
I don't know that there's a guy in high school. There's certainly not in the state of Arkansas. You know, they've got Kobe Brenham committed, but, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's just going to come in and take a starting job right away. Um, the answers where you are looking for to find a guy that will come in and do that kind of thing is transfer portal. You know, that's that's where you're going to find your immediate impact. And we see it on the roster, up and down the roster, where guys have come out of the transfer portal and have made a major impact. So um, nobody that's committed right now. There's some, you know, a couple of guys that they're, you know, they have, they're in on, but they're actually committed to other schools right now. So they'd have to flip them uh, as far as some of the higher-rated guys. But they, they have a few couple offensive linemen committed right now. Uh, I think they'd like to add some more. But uh, I don't think you're going to see anybody come. You wouldn't want anybody. I mean, like Andrew Chambly and, you know, and Marion Harris, you know, those guys were both very highly regarded four-star recruits. Patrick Kudis, he was a four-star recruit. You know, Luke Brown, uh, who came in in this last class out of Memphis, he's a four-star recruit. Um and is redshirting this year. So typically, offensive linemen are going to need to cook a little bit. Uh, you know, I think that what you got to kind of hope for when it comes to getting healthier or getting the offensive line of shades, getting Devon Manuel healthier. That was a guy that they felt like was, you know, maybe one of their top two offensive linemen when he was healthy, and he's just, he's been hurt all year. And, uh, so that's been unfortunate, but you need to get him healthy. And then Andrew Chambly and Patrick Kudis don't lack ability necessarily. It's just kind of what we've said since, you know, fall camp. Like, these guys have ability. They're just not ready. They're not physically ready. They're not, you know, everything. They just they need more coaching. They need more time in the weight room, all of those types of things, especially Chambly uh, needs more time in the weight room. But those guys have ability. So, you know, Devon Manuel was, I don't know if he was right where Andrew Chambly was last year, but, you know, kind of similar where he wasn't quite ready last year. But they certainly have felt he was ready this year, just hasn't been healthy. So that's you know, that's where you got to get that's where you got to get better on the offensive line. And sure, you you know keep your eyes open for you know transfer portal possibilities. And uh, they just they just missed the mark on that this year. I mean, they missed the mark, and it was a big mark to miss because you, it's limited everything that they're able to do uh, because they haven't been able to block. I mean, especially the tackle spots. But you know, even the guys coming back, you know, Limmer hasn't had you know just a great performance as a center. He played better at guard last year, I think. Um, you know, Latham hasn't had just a great season compared to to his past years either. So, um, yeah, they they really missed the mark on the offensive line this year. You speak about you know inexperienced offensive linemen. It happens to everybody. Look at what Landon Jackson did to a freshman lineman at Alabama. Yep. And so you think, yep. oh, it shouldn't happen at Arkansas. Well, it shouldn't happen at Alabama either. But Arkansas was in the quarterback space all day because Alabama's offensive line's got some young guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, three and a half sacks and 11 tackles for Landon Jackson. <laughs> pretty mm. pretty big day. But, again, you know, it's a lot of times it's matchups, and he definitely – you know, taught somebody a lesson. A guy that with with a ton of talent, a guy who will probably be in the NFL one day. You know, just it's a hard position to play. You really have to understand leverage. Um, you know, you have to have great technique, and you have to be massively strong. And um, you know, good Lord has to bless you with very rare size. It, it takes a lot to be to be a good offensive lineman, and people take it for granted a lot of time when um, you know you have good ones. But uh, those guys will be better. They're just not. I mean, again, uh, it's been a broken record because we have to talk about it so much. They're just not quite ready for what's coming off the edge in the SEC. Now, against Mississippi State, they ought to perform better. You know, they're they're not going to see the same defensive line, defensive front that they saw against Alabama and and uh, Texas A&M. You know, it'll be. It's, I mean, they're still SEC players, but and you know maybe they'll still probably get the better of them here and there, but it's not going to be as brutal as it's been. Mike. Mike, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Trey? Hello, Randy and Rick. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, you, you know, you know, Trey. Uh, people are calling us a must-win, and then I, you know, suppose it is if you want to have any kind of On successful a, season for a different but, level. BYU right, was but, a must-win for one reason, and now this is a must-win for another reason. <laughs> right, right. But you know, you, you got a team in, in Mississippi State. He's probably thinking the same way. They've, they've only got one more win than we do. And they've also got a quarterback who's had a ton of success in the past that's just struggling to learn a new offense, um, just, you know, just like KJ. Um, you know, but to, but to me, you got, you know, the, the, the two main keys to this game is um, 
Mississippi State averages 150 yards rushing per game, which doesn't sound like it's setting the world on fire, but it's way more than what Arkansas in the past right now. You know, sure. and with offensive line issues and lack of a like a you know consistent vertical passing game. But to me, if you can shut down Marks or slow him down, you, you can get to Will. You can get to Will Rogers. He's been sacked 14 times. Now I say that, but KJ has been sacked 27 times. You can get to both quarterbacks. Just uh, so the key to me is shut down. You know, slow down the running game, especially Marks. Marks is really good. He's the sixth leading rusher in SEC. So, and then you can get to Will. And whoever does those two things best, it, to me, is going to win this game. You know, and, and I'll get you comments on that, whatnot. And you guys have a good evening. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to see Will Rogers. It was his left shoulder that was hurt. So, you know, have you guys heard of what it is? I mean, I would assume it's like an AC maybe or something, but it's the left shoulder, not the right shoulder. And they've, you know, had a whole bye week since then. Marks, I think, is banged up also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, yes. Yep. But their and, coach is, and I think their number two receiver is also. And their coach is saying nothing about any of them. Right. Which, right. Why would he? Yeah. Why would he? Right. I uh, tried this from our Asher Record Service Company live feed and feedback from Savage. He says, Trey, do you think should come down on the field for the play calling? I think he's saying, do you think uh, Enos should come down on the field for the play calling? I think it's different if a player can see the white of a coach's eyes. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um I think Eno's usually wears shades, though. Um, He's got glasses, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I, don't, I mean, Enos has been up in the booth, I think, his whole career, uh, as far as I can think of. So I, mean, I thought he was on the sidelines with uh, Bielema. Was he? I don't... I thought he I'm was. I'm trying to think. Was he? I don't remember him being on the side. I can't remember. I don't. Know I can't remember precisely, but I, I yeah. thought he was on the sidelines. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, different – sometimes they experiment and they mix it up a little bit. I think Travis Williams has uh, has kind of always been on field level, and he's in the booth now. Um, but you've seen coaches mix it up before if, if stuff isn't working. But uh, to my knowledge so far this season, uh, Morgan Turner and Enos have been the offensive guys in the booth. I like the coordinators down on the field. That's just me personally. I think when Enos was here before, was Barry Lenny an assistant coach – it, it, was he was he there? Yeah. At the same yes, time? he was. Yeah. Yes. Barry Lunny was. was in the press box. I think he. That's yeah. what I was thinking. You might be right. Yeah. yeah. They might have put Barry up there. Yeah. No, I know Barry was up there because Bielema actually referred to Barry at the time of his as his offensive coordinator in waiting, which eventually he became his offensive coordinator just at Illinois. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'd always kind of hinted that if something happened with uh, Enos, you know, leaving or something, then. Barry Lunny would be the guy that would step into that role. So, yeah, you might be right. I think that he might have been in the booth. I think you are right. I think that Barry was in the booth anyway. And mm-hmm. Enos, I guess, was field level, maybe. Let's talk with uh, Rick. Rick, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. I sure do. Uh, Trey with Rocket Sanders going to be out probably, like you said, the rest of the year. He will be could be eligible for a medical hardship. Do you think he will come back next year, or do you think no. he will try to go pro? I think he'll go pro. Okay. He'll have he'll have to prove himself. I think um, he's proved himself. Yeah. I think he's proved himself with 1,400 yards. He wasn't eligible to go to the NFL, or he would have last year, probably. Running backs, typically, when they get that opportunity to go pro, they do. Okay. Well, I when I said uh, had to prove himself, I was referring to his injury that he healed. I think up that's what's happening right now. So his yeah. injury wasn't okay. like it wasn't like a torn ACL or anything. You know, it's basically a, yeah. a sprain, glorified sprain. Um, and I think that's maybe what hap- is happening right now. Prove himself at the combine, mm-hmm. get healthy, prove himself at the combine. Got you. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Thank you, Rick. I mean, he's. He's, you know, he's he's not diminutive by any stretch. He's a big dude. He's he's put up fourteen hundred yards in the SEC. Um, you know, he's he's got all the proof that he needs that he can, you know, be a worthy draft pick. Um, 
but he, you know, you need to go run good times and put up good testing numbers and things like that at the combine, and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking may be happening here. And not that he's not hurt. I think he I think he tweaked his knee again in practice um, on Tuesday. I think that's what happened, and yeah, he's wanting to make sure he gets totally back healthy and confident in his knee. I uh, trade this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. You more or less, in some regards, answered this a moment ago concerning the offensive line, but nevertheless, this from the 870. Trey, do you think they will go with our younger tackles next year, or will we hit the portal hard on the O line? Well, I think you do a little bit of both. I think you hit the portal just to make sure the competition is there, but I also think that probably in another year, you know, Chambly and Kudis are both going to be much better players. And you'll have Devon Manuel back, too. You just need to make sure he's healthy. But, uh, you know, they have well, they have 15 scholarship offensive linemen, 16, I guess, maybe with Street on scholarship right now. So, you know, a lot depends on what happens with the transfer portal. You'll probably have guys that are, you know, on this roster right now that will transfer out. Uh, so, But, yeah, I mean, if you see an opportunity to upgrade at any position, then I think you try to do it through the portal. And, um you have to be cognizant of what's going on with your offensive line right now and understand that you need, you can't have like, oh, we lost to Vaughn Manuel. Well, we're going to go with some guys who aren't ready. You know, it, you, you got to be, you got to have a better situation than that. So, yeah, it, I would be stunned if they didn't hit the offensive line in the transfer portal. But also, again, you know, those guys are going to have a whole other year in the weight room, you know, have eight, eight more months of practice. Uh, you know, weight room training, all those kinds of things before, um, you know, the next season starts after this one ends. So uh, you would expect them to take a big step forward. And a lot can change in a year, as we've seen. Look at Jaden Johnson. Wow. Yeah. What a difference one year made. Uh, from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line, this from the 479. Randy has been overly fired up, leaning towards the negative about Razorback football, game to game. He's teamed up with Saracen Sportsbook. He's moving lines, and this should be this should bring uh, investigation. You're moving lines. You are. I am. You I guess I am. I didn't know I was doing that, but I guess uh-huh. I I need to investigate myself if I'm. Can you not move lines? You don't have any association to directly to Arkansas. No. It's kind of like the deal, like when, like when I'll do, you know, breakdown stuff. Like this is what happened to the game. This is why they lost. And then you get somebody who goes, "All I hear is excuses." <laughs> like it's not, like because it's not me. I'm not talking about things that I've done. I'm talking about things the team did. I don't have any control over the team. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I always find that interesting. I'll see that, you know, comment in my, like, my walk and talk. Like, if I was on there going, um, you know, the lighting's not very good, and I just didn't, I didn't have a lot of good things to say, that would be excuses for why my walk and talk wasn't good, you know. Negative. It's, it's a lot different when you're talking about something else and why something else happened. But Negative. you don't have any direct, you don't have any direct connection to the university, you know. Uh, you have a, you are a media member covering the team, so I don't think that's, I don't think that you're doing anything illicit there. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, fan opinion. When Pittman fires Enos after the season as a five-win sacrifice, if he's not fired, I hope the move is a West Coast offense in a new receiver move. Thank you, fan. You know, um, I prefer personally a pro-style offense. I think it develops players better. I think it can be really effective and whatnot. I think it develops players. However, with the rules the way they are in college football, in my opinion, for a program in a program like Arkansas, up-tempo spread is, in my opinion, the best offense to run just because of the way the rules are. I don't necessarily love the rules being like that. I would like, you know, instead, because it's just like, you know, hurry up, get to the line, you know, snap the ball before you see, you know, before you defense can get ready and all that stuff. I'd rather it be like, all right, we're going to set our pieces down, you set your pieces down, 
you know, we're going to make mono, you know, mono. Yeah, we're going to recognize what you got on defense. We're going to audible if we need to. Those types of things um, versus, you know, hurry up to the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, throw it to the sideline, you know, <laughs> as fast as you can. But the rules, the way they are, to me, dictate that, you know, you should be running that type of offense. All right, Dre, this from the uh, 501. And they did, they did, they did on Saturday. This, did this the, past weekend. This from the 501. This one's, uh, okay, i got to hurry. Uh, hey, please ask Trey what he thinks about KJ's draft potential. The afternoon show with John Neighbors thinks he's a high draft pick. Meanwhile, the morning show, Bruce James and Rick Schaefer says he won't be drafted. Which is it? L-O-L. I don't think KJ would be drafted right now. Yeah. I agree. Season he's had. Well, Bruce he needed James to. Got, he threw out an interesting one. He says he thinks he'll be a tight end in the NFL. Well, he could be that. a tight end in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Felipe Franks did that. Yeah. But, you know, KJ's all of 6'3", 247. You know, he he can run. <laughs> I assume he could catch. He's got pretty big mitts. So, um, you know, that could be a possibility. No, that could. But, you know, going into this season, we we're thinking like, you know, he's right there, you know, right on the cusp of potentially being a draftable quarterback. Everything you saw was either him or Jaden Daniels is the number one quarterback in the SEC. Just about everybody in preseason stuff, you know, it was one of those two. So this season, I don't think there's any doubt, is has hurt that idea of, you know, could he or couldn't he be an NFL quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt that it's, you know, his draft stock has, has been hurt by this season. So, and, you know, he was, we were talking about maybe, maybe not. So if it's been hurt, then it's probably leaning a lot towards maybe not. All right, Drake. We are out of time. We will talk with you tomorrow. Okay, bye, guys. Trey Beatty of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. Here come the Hogs. Jefferson to throw, plenty of time down the middle into double coverage, and it's still caught by Tesla. Running back, tackled in the backfield, he didn't get in. Sideline, complete touchdown, Arkansas. Andrew Armstrong. Listen Saturday when Arkansas returns home to host Mississippi State. Network coverage starts at 8 a.m. Kickoff is at 11. We got you covered. 103.7 The Buzz, your fun and big game station. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Do you own or operate Max, Volvos, Freightliners, Kenworths, Peterbilts, or international trucks? We can offer you the same dealership-level computer diagnostics with highly trained and professional mechanics without dealership wait times and cost. Whether you're a municipality, fleet, or small business with one truck, come see why our customers have made us the highest-rated independent repair shop in Arkansas. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Take exit 7 on I-440 or call 568-2185. Hello folks, it's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars, and the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has in the garage that you want to turn into cash. It's really easy, folks. Just come into Fletcher Dodge and ask for Chris or Andy. We'll buy any vehicle and we'll pay you more than anyone. We can't find enough vehicles at the auto auctions to meet the demand. So we're extending you this offer to the public. We'll pay you more, so don't wait. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Come see us today for the best cash offer on your car, truck, van, or SUV. Just ask for Chris or Andy. We'll pay you more, so come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Thanks. This is Pat Bradley for Whit Davis Lumber Plus. Whit Davis Lumber Company is your blueprint for success. Whether you're a professional contractor or just need a hand being handy, Whit Davis is your partner for getting the job done right. From quality materials to tools for projects inside and out, they understand how important quality is when it comes to your home. So, when you're in need of a lumberyard or hardware store, think of my friends over at Whit Davis. You can find them in Jacksonville, Cabot, Sherwood, and Greenbrier, or online at whitdavis.com. Ah, not again.
Let me tell you about my man Tom. He had some serious bad luck. And one day he said to me, when is my luck gonna change? And I was like, you need to go to Tunica, bro. And he was like, yeah, good idea, bro. Tom was winning big money. People were cheering and kissing. My man was like, this is amazing. His losing streak was finally over. Man, I cannot believe my luck. Believe it, because when you're in Tunica, you're always a winner. Saturday, October 28th, make your way down to the Pine Bluff Regional Park for the Sissy's Log Cabin Smoke on the Water Championship, presented by Saracen Casino, one of the world's largest barbecue championships. This year's event is highlighted by the onstage tribute to Jimmy Buffett from Bluffett and his Son of a Sailor Band, a show that can't be missed with costumes, props, and conga lights, all the looks and sounds of Margaritaville. Music, barbecue, food trucks, vendors, and games for the kids, it can't be missed. For more information, visit SmokeOnTheWaterBBQ.com. This ad paid for with accommodations, state funds, and Arkansas's Land of Legends Tourism Association funds. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios, where it's much like any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations, minus the always fresh, delicious food options like the family-packed catfish dinners. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas, Drive Time Sports, on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. First security continues to grow with Arkansas. With over $7 billion in assets, 78 banking centers, mortgages, investments, trust and wealth management, public finance, over nine. Hundred Arkansans employed and over 98 ATMs. They want you to bank better and you can bank better wherever you are. It's convenient, it's secure. That's with the First Security Online and mobile banking. So when you're making decisions concerning your banking affairs, Always include First Security in those plans because they can help you bank better. It's easy. Go to fsbank.com, click on the enroll link, and follow the simple steps. Remember, FDIC, equal housing lender, only in Arkansas. That's First Security Bank. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. And good afternoon, Mr. Hoop Scoop. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Were you surprised by not only the AP releasing their first top 25 poll within the SEC media, and you may have been one of the fortunate ones that got to vote on the preseason expectations uh, for the SEC this year, but uh, your thoughts, Arkansas picked number three behind Tennessee, Texas A&M, and then you'll find Arkansas at number three. Yeah, no surprises. Uh, you know, I've been saying for a while I felt like this roster and what, what how Musselman recruited, I think it's the deepest at each position. I think there's more skill versatility at each position. And, and there's a diversity of skills at each position that he hasn't had before. Now, it makes it, you know, even though he's a top six, seven, sometimes eight rotation guy, he's got a lot more options to deal with anything that could come up, including injuries. We know Arkansas has been dealing with it some of that preseason, but I was saying for a while that I thought this team should be in the conversation for when these picks came out for you know preseason uh, pick for SEC champ, uh, but no worse than top three probably. So you know picking them third, I, you know that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Um, you know, and you mentioned the 14th rank, you know, in the AP poll, KimPom.com, which is one of the analytical ratings systems that I pay close attention to uh, it's probably the one I like the most actually also has Arkansas number 14 in its initial 
uh, Division One college basketball ratings. So, you know, basic, and that, those came out on Sunday. AP came out on Monday. So those are the two that are, you know, they mirror each other in terms of where Arkansas was ranked. Obviously, Tennessee was ranked ahead of Arkansas in the AP poll at number nine. Arkansas was the second highest in the SEC team. Uh, the media then picks Arkansas third. I do not have a vote in that. Uh, but I will say this, you know, you're probably going to get to this, but Trevor in Brazil was picked preseason first team all SEC. Debo Davis, for the second time in his career, is a, is a preseason second team all SEC pick. That was the case this time two years ago. And then, of course, after last season, he was named to the all SEC all defensive team. So when you look at three consecutive years, he's got, Debo Davis has, you know, some form of preseason, uh, excuse me, some form of all league recognition, whether preseason or after the season. And that's when you want it, really, when it's all said and done. <laughs> you want it at the end, not in the beginning, because uh, you got a whole season to play. So who knows? Right. He may be first team by the that's time right. we get to the end of the year. Uh, let's check in with Ron. Ron, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hello. Yes, sir. I hope you can hear me. Yes, sir. Did y'all, uh, this is old time, because I'm an old timer, but uh, did you hear that Dick Bumpus is going to be elected to the SEC Hall of Fame this year? Yes, sir. Dick was, Dick was a All-American tackle in Arkansas, played the 69 shootout. Yeah, was, was one of my best friends in high school, and uh, and I wish my cousin had gone to Arkansas. He was going to Arkansas. McKenzie was recruiting him, and then he moved to Oklahoma. And Jim, who's probably the best athlete ever come out of Fort Smith, went to Oklahoma instead of Arkansas. And Bumpus and Files would have played together. Jim went on to play for the New York Giants. Has been a linebacker, was running up for Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wondered—that's old time. I don't know if you guys even remember all those guys. Well, we do now. Dick Bumpus is not in the SEC Hall of Fame. He is <clears throat> going to be honored at the SEC Championship game. He is Arkansas's representative at the SEC game, so he's being honored there. I don't know if the oh, SEC I... has a Hall of Fame, but but that's that's not. I what thought he was going to the SWC Hall of Fame. Uh, he was in the I, Southwest Conference. I didn't see but that. Yeah, yeah, if he's in the SWC Hall of Fame, now that's a big deal, and he could go into that, yes. But he's also going to be Arkansas's representative mm-hmm. at the SEC Championship game. Right. So I thought that's what you were talking about. Oh, well, I, I misread what my buddy does the text that my friend sent me today did. Yeah. No, I don't know, Randy. But anyway. Did, I, I didn't see that he was going in the SWC Hall of Fame, but he could. He's certainly good enough to do it. Yeah, he was he was a really good one. All of all of two hundred forty five pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was tough. But anyway, he was tough. He, he was, was tough. tough. Hard to move. He was a uh, he was uh, called it baby Huey. He was he was uh, country strong. <laughs> all right, Ron. You know, thank you, buddy. Appreciate right. the call. All right, bye. Kevin, do you have any updates on Brazil in regards to the exhibition game on Friday night? I, 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 he may get a few minutes, but if you're going to play him a few minutes, why not go ahead and play maybe 10 or 12 minutes? But uh, I would suspect Coach Musselman doesn't want to put him out there very long. Hello? Hello. Okay. Yeah, I heard you ask about Brazil, and, you know, we'll see what, how much playing time he gets. Uh, I, you know, if we were going off what Musman said after open practice, and he was two and a half weeks out at that point from returning for five-on-five, five, that would have been, you know, roughly where we're at now. But he got back sooner, about a week sooner, at least a handful of days sooner than that projection. And, and I do think, I do think there's a good chance we see him uh, get some run, whether he comes off the bench, uh, a la Nick Smith last year, the t- two times he returned. That's how it was for him. He, he came off the bench and played a handful of minutes or so. Uh, we'll see if it's something like we'll see if it's something like that. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing is because I want to mention this. We talked a little bit about pro day, and I put an article out just giving bare bones on what 
feedback I got. You know, one one scout told me that Brazil was exceptional. We talked about the fact he was able to resume five on five for that event. Uh, but but not only was the feedback good, I talked to another scout um, who told me that. Brazil, based on that performance, without a game being played this year, looked like a top five, top ten lottery pick. Wow. To him. wow. Said he did not miss from three. He might have missed one shot. Um, said he looked really smooth. He said the consensus amongst the folks that were there was surprised, given that he's been out so long. Uh, he said he, because this, this is a scout that, by the way, is there every year for the pro day. So it's not like this was his first one at Arkansas. And to give you an idea about what these NBA scouts do, for example, uh, this one scout, since he's been in Arkansas last Wednesday, uh, just this week, he's been to one school that made it to the Final Four. Today, he's at another one that might have won the national championship. And then tomorrow, he's at a, he'll be at an Elite Eight school. So they're going, these guys hit pro days and workouts every day. I mean, they're crisscrossing the country. So when you get a statement like that, this is what these guys do for a living. Now, Opinions can vary, but everyone I've talked to said Brazil was, I mean, exceptional was one word. I was given the other day, this was another take. This guy said, yeah, I mean, he said he he looked, he goes, without a game being played, if we were basing it off of that, he looked like a lottery pick. And they wouldn't just say that for a guy who had a good practice. They're considering everything else with him because he's a guy that already has some first-round projections, even given, you know, late first round, but that's given that he's been out. So that was a pretty big statement. The same guy told me that um, he really thought L. Ellis might be Arkansas's best backcourt player. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, I guess he's seen Ellis when he was at Louisville, um, but also what he saw at practice, but also just keeping tabs on him. At this point, he this is just one opinion again, but the, the opinion was L. Ellis might be Arkansas's best backcourt player. Now, again, it... The caveat is this was, you know, however long they ran on pro day, hour, an hour, who knows how long they went five on five uh, and how much they got to see and drill work and other things. But uh, the, the scout was very impressed with the outside shooting of both Davenport and Pinion. He said, Pinion, it, it's easy to see that he's the, the purest shooter on the team. He goes, that guy's the best shooter uh, that Arkansas's got. And that's saying a lot this year, I think especially with a guy like Davenport. So several things emerged about different players when I talked to this one scout, and I've talked to several. Uh, I went a little deeper on this one, but, uh, you know, I kind of added that to to Randy's question about Brazil's availability uh, because, you know, we've been here, you know, the the thought process is how long is it going to take him to feel comfortable to beat it? You know, it usually takes a while even when you're cleared, and at least for one day the guy was on top of his game going against what's arguably Arkansas's best roster under Muslim. This scout said the same thing that we've been talking about. He said, Kevin, this is the best group I've seen with Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, this guy doesn't just hand out compliments because uh, there are certain guys that I won't go into that he had a, maybe an opposite viewpoint on from what they saw, but he did, he does, he, in totality, he's really impressed with this Arkansas roster. Okay, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Did he talk about any other individuals about? Uh, he did talk about some other individual players, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to get into some of that today. It may well, that's not. positive. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have a whole lot more on the positive <laughs> side, but but you know, battle didn't go. Battle didn't participate yeah. today. I'll go ahead and disclose this. I mean, I. Well, hold you know, on. Hold on to days. hold on to it. I I don't want to shortchange you. I don't want to run you into the break. <laughs> Hang tight. All right, Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. UCA Bear fans, you can hear every game live on our sister station, The Point 94.1. Go purple, go gray, go UCA on The Point 94.1. Hi, neighbor. It's Garen with Shamrock Roofing. Fall is upon us. Don't go into the cold, wet winter months wondering if your roof will hold up till spring. Get peace of mind now. Visit shamrockroofer.com for a chance to win a new roof free. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. Frank Broyles always had an eye for talent. 
which was on display when he recruited a terrific running back from Brinkley named Jerry Eckwood, who went on to become a first-team All-Southwest Conference performer with an amazing 7.6 yards per carry. He was a key performer also for the formerly hapless Tampa Bay Buccaneers, leading them to the 1979 NFC Championship game. Eckwood remains a hog and Buccaneer legend. Eckwood has been going through some health problems lately, so all of you out there in Razorback Nation, say a prayer for this good man. Stop by today at Double B's for some delicious Chester's Chicken, Big Rock Pizza, or an amazing breakfast sandwich. Or, if you're like me, a State Fair quality corn dog. I hear one calling my name now. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's. At Edwards Food Giant, they know your family is important. And they also know that your time and convenience is as well. So why not take advantage of their heat and eat items in their deli department? Those famous Edwards Food Giant signature dishes with many of the same entrees and recipes that are served daily in the hot bar. All ready to take home and serve to your family tonight. And it can all be found at your favorite Sister Arkansas Edwards Food Giant Deli. This week's special is Edwards Signature Meatloaf for only $7.49 per pound with twice-baked potatoes for just $4.99 per pound. The end of the year is near, and Guatney is pulling out all the stops to remain Pulaski County's number one Buick GMC dealer. Big pre-owned inventory, and even bigger discounts on new Buicks and GMCs. Even with manufacturer price increases. Guatney Buick GMC next to Sam's in North Little Rock is selling new 2024 models at 2023 prices. You've seen the news. The time to trade is now. Before the current auto industry climate skyrockets used prices and all new inventories depleted. Don't wait. Call Guadney, 501-945-4444. It's the end of the year blowout. Only at Guadney, Buick, GMC, and North Little Rock. Interest rates as low as 0.9%. And get new and pre-owned vehicles with no payments for the rest of the year. Stop by Guadney, Buick, GMC, and register to win a new Hummer. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. 501-945-4444. Guadney, Buick, GMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. All offers with approved credit. It's time for a Corky's Ribs and Barbecue customer review. Corky's, you've ruined all of the ribs for me. I took a bite and suddenly my taste buds threw a party. Now my friends want to come over for barbecue night, but only if Corky's is invited too. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue in Little Rock and North Little Rock. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. Often imitated, but never duplicated. This is Drive Time Sports with Randy Rainwater on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, and we are joined once again by... Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. And let's see, Kevin, right before the break, you were talking about Khalif Battle. Yeah, Khalif, he did not go at Pro Day. He did return to practice on Monday. Uh, and we know going back to the red-white game on October 4th, he was not able to go, uh, did not play at all. He took himself out in pregame warm-ups, uh, sat, came back to the court with a walking boot on and was on crutches, street clothes. And a few days prior to that, on September 28th, during that immediate uh, portion of practice that was open, uh, he did practice. So, you know, uh, he's, you know he's missed practice time in, the, in July. He missed some in August when they got back and maybe parts of September. And then, of course, uh, you know, from the red-white game up until, I guess, on Monday when he returned. So, you know, effectively there's three weeks between that return if he's able to keep going until the start of the regular season. And then it, on the way there, you've got these two exhibition games. So we'll see where he factors in. He's always thought of him as a, as a potential starter and a certain top eight, top six, seven rotation guy. Uh, but but having missed time and, and things of that nature, you wonder at this point, is how has that impacted and how much do we see of him on Friday in that exhibition game? I, just one other thing I can go ahead and share 
Uh, Jalen Graham did not go through pro day um, uh, on Wednesday, and uh, you know that was something that the scout told me I was able to confirm. But uh, you know that's something that I you know we'll just see if Musselman comments further on that. Hmm. You know, we'll see if if Musselman in the near future comments on Graham and his status. Interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line says uh, this from the 573, which I guess is in Missouri. Ask Kevin if he thinks Devo Davis will be a starter with this talented roster. Well, with Devo, I really don't. You know, the last two years, and really going back to his freshman season, uh, midway when he got into the starting lineup, he finished that season as a starter. He started his sophomore year as a starter, ended up being a six-man. And then last year, because Nick Smith Jr. was out so much, he ended up uh, pl- playing a little of both and mostly a starter, if I recall. Uh, so with him, it doesn't matter because he gets big minutes. He gets a starter's role. What you would think of as a guy, you know, most starters end up playing the heavy uh, cast of minutes, and he's always had that, you know, going from the middle of his freshman season forward. Coming off the bench, technically, or in that, or hearing his name called among the first five, to me, he's. So I know I'm kind of not giving a straight answer on that. It's because of the nature of his role since he's been here. Uh, to me, he's he's a starter, whether or not he's actually on the floor at the first jump ball or, or coming in coming in after that. Yeah, I think of him like five A or five B, however you want to look at it. That uh, he's basically a starter. And I think it's safe to say when the final few minutes are being played, he's generally on the floor. Unless he's in foul problems or is fouled out or he's hurt, he usually plays down the stretch uh, in crucial minutes. So, uh, yeah, I think of I think of Devo as basically a starter. His role just yeah. happens to change from time to time. Uh, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. This from the 501. Ask Hoop Scoop about Ty Robinson from Lake Hamilton. Well, he's going to, he is committed to Florida Atlantic. 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, One of my favorite players, guys. I like all of them. They're all my favorites in the uh-huh. state. So <laughs> when I say, always remember when I say one of my favorites, I can pretty much say that anybody but Ty. Is committed to Florida Atlantic. What do we know about that program? Final four last year mm-hmm. in the pre in AP season rankings, I believe tenth or eleventh. Um, pretty high up there, and so this is a big time program now for basketball at the, at the you know at the mid major level. But that's how good Ty Robinson is. That's uh, because he's now uh, that program is at least in terms of a commitment right now. Um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, he's got. A few weeks until the signing period, but I fully expect Ty uh, to sign his letter of intent with Florida Atlantic. And this is a guy that's a, a knockdown shooter. Uh, he's a, a very high IQ as a basketball player, and just a great young man. I, I really enjoy have enjoyed covering his high school career, and look forward to getting to see him during this high school season as he is a senior this year. Kevin, with the commitment of. Honor Botang to Missouri. What are your expectations for the early signing period for Arkansas? Randy, I'm sorry. I heard you say Botang and then my expectations, but I missed something, I think. Okay. What are your expectations for Arkansas for the early signing date? Well, uh, to me, I think Arkansas could be done at this point. Uh, and so we know Jalen Shelley uh, was the first in that class of 2024. 6'8 combo forward from Frisco, Texas. Link Academy and Branson, where Jordan Walsh played. Uh, he was the first to commit. And then you had, more recently, Isaiah, Isaiah Elohim, the 6'5 wing, Sierra Canyon, out in California. Both of them are top 35 guys, depending upon what rankings you're looking at. Uh, definitely both in the top 50 when you kind of look at an aggregate, probably. Uh, but I think you know, uh, that might be it for Arkansas. Both of those guys intend to sign early. Uh, this could be it for the class, which would make a second consecutive uh, recruiting cycle that Arkansas, that Mosman is elected to keep his 
high school portion of his signing class to two players. Now, what can change on that is any developments with guys that are either late bloomers, shoot up the charts, maybe get close to five-star status that Arkansas gets to evaluate through the season and they put an eye on and they like, uh, or any guy that they're on now. I mean, there's one name I can tell you that is a potential. It's probably a long shot, but a guy like Nas Cunningham, who at one point in time was considered the number one player in this class, um, and then he's you know kind of slid down to the 30s, 50s, uh, but you know somewhere in between the 30s and 50s. But he's a guy that Arkansas has recruited. They've done multiple Zoom calls with him. If it's if something changed with him and they got him on campus for a visit, I guess there's a potential they'd look at Nas. But I just don't think you know. I think right now that would be a long shot. Things change in recruiting, so I do think Arkansas very well could be these two that we just went through, uh, Shelly and Elaheem in terms of what they get in 2024 from high school. This may be uh, too deep of a subject to get into with the time that we have left remaining, but I'll I'll throw it out there and then we can, uh, if necessary, uh, talk about it on Thursday. But, Kevin, is it not to the point, uh, we see it a lot in football, where you have kids that are mid-term uh, enrollees, and I'm talking about true freshmen. Uh, but that seems to be dominant uh, in football. You rarely see it in basketball. I think uh, uh, Justice Hill Juice was the last one that I think did that at Arkansas. Uh, yeah. But with the transfer portal the way that that uh, it's being used today, do you not think it would be an advantage uh, for these two young men, if it's just these only two that that end up signing with Arkansas, is it not going? Should it not almost become a need to enroll at mid-semester so that you can firmly entrench your position with Coach uh, Musselman or any other coach for that matter on their roster? Well, if, if they're on a track to do something like that and they want to, uh, you know, but it's not it's not that common. I mean, it happens, and, right. and it's not. But it, but it's not really that common. So, you know, I I don't see that with either two, of the, either one of those two. Um, I guess things could obviously change uh, at some point, but right now I don't see that as a path for either of Arkansas's committed players who are expected to sign in just a few weeks. That that November signing period, I think, runs the ninth to the sixteenth. So, you know, uh, so it's it's coming right up. It's it's not too far away. All right, Kevin, we'll talk with you on Thursday. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And thanks to Fence Brokers, Chris Walker and company, our number three straight ahead. Stay tuned. When you do something for over 45 years, you get really good at it. Like Bert here. He's been lifting weights for over 45 years. He can bench press a 400-pound nose guard, deadlift an elephant, even clean and jerk a truck filled with watermelons. Fantastic rep, Bert. We're a lot like Bert lifting.